Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to The Pull List, the show where we do everything about comics, DC, Marvel, and Image, Boom Studios, everybody else that is uh, on the roster for comics we are talking about. This week, we actually, ironically, have a big one-two punch that is uh, a big DC week, but uh, I, it's best that I have Kofi Outlaw here uh, to talk about this because we got a lot to go over. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, Matt. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm giddy. Yeah, I'm yeah. So it's- giddy. It's Thanksgiving week, and we have a lot to be thankful for this week in comics. We are getting a good release package, and uh, it just so happens that we're on the DC side of the fence this week. That's nobody take that as a sign of bias, but like we we just have two big DC books to discuss, and uh, they are Superman number eight, and is it number eight? Yeah, yeah, number eight. Yeah, number eight, and Wonder Woman number three. So, yeah, big things to talk about in both of these books. Both of them are, yeah, let's, well, should we just dive in? We're just diving in? Yeah, let's just dive into Wonder Let's start with Wonder Woman number three, because the way okay. I framed this was uh, because it just so happened, you know, release weeks, you know, you just never know, right? We, we've had whole discussions about Transformers. We just talked about Superior Spider-Man last week, and you can check those episodes out on the Comic Book Nation YouTube page, as well as the main Comic Book YouTube page. And if you want to hear it on audio form, you can hear it on your favorite podcast platform of choice. But, you know, we've it's been a great run for many years. It feels like we had the discussion in comic circles of one part of the Trinity, which was always Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman. One part of the Trinity was like never on with the others or sometimes like two of them weren't on with one. So it was always like Batman was up here. Typically, Batman's had big, successful runs, big creative teams, but sometimes it always felt like Superman was like supremely lagging behind or felt Wonder Woman wasn't getting enough shine. Sometimes the Batman books, right? It always feels like they're not on the same level at any given time. And for once, until now, because Batman's had a a run. If you've been listening to Comic Book Nation for the past year and a half, we've talked about a lot of different Batman runs. Batman's been doing just fine. But then this last year felt like the year of Superman, and they finally kind of brought that character back, and, and it's he's hitting on all cylinders. And now we have Wonder Woman, and it just feels like, man, for for the first time in, I'm going to quote a Frozen reference here, for the first time in forever, <laughs> we've had, we all three are like sitting at the top and kind of held to the point where they should be. Is this, you know, going into Wonder Woman number three, um, it just feels like Tom King... Uh, and Daniel Sampierre just have like this, I don't know, they're just, the story is grand, 
and and epic but it's also just this like there's a lot of like close quarter sequences of just wonder woman talking to people and some of those are the most compelling sequences in the entire issue um it's it's just i feel like they're just capturing so much of what makes her unique and special and a badass and 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 the moment we teased if you watch the tom king interview he you promised should. yeah right you should because he promised everything has come to fruition he promised a big tank moment we got that last time he promised trinity was coming we got that in this issue he promised uh a great invisible jet moment and we get that here so i don't I mean i could not be more happy with with how this is gone but kofi what do you what do you think how you feel do you feel like this is the best that trinity has been um no i thought that as i was reading it this week because as we said we're doing a wonder woman book and we're doing a superman book and by the time i was doing my reading for this i was like man like yeah all three of the trinity like dc has reinvested clearly in this trinity and kind of having their flagship characters out there and i was like we are cooking on all three burners here like Batman books under Zdarsky have been just so great. Then we have Williamson doing Superman and Joshua Williamson. And now we have Tom King doing Wonder Woman. And like, yeah, all three of these books cook in very different ways too. Yeah. Like, but still all three delivering something really good. And what, like you said, it's so, I didn't realize it until this week, like how rare it is to have all three, like you said, all three of the Trinity cooking at the same time like usually dc is invested in one over the other it's like either dark batman time and superman's like ah he's out he's out of fashion right or they're doing both of those together and nobody gives an f about wonder woman and like in the she's in the background but no all three of these are cooking and you can see why i, I mean obviously we have a whole new dcu kind of movie and tv franchise coming and it is time to kind of get this house in order and they're doing real good what i will say just keeping it specific to tom king's wonder woman is uh daniel what's the i always mispronounce his last name daniel saint pierre saint pierre like yeah it's the storytelling i love but saint pierre's drawing of this i feel like is going to be kind of iconic in it nobody has really played with the dimensions of like body and size and space relation quite like this in yeah. just this page you're looking at like wonder woman leaning over a desk and talking to this man this series kind of does this very it's almost humorous but funny subtle thing of making you realize like the perspective of what and especially men like what men look like to her or to an amazon as these kind of smaller people yeah. that and they're doing this superman thing with her that we don't always see. Like usually Diana's depicted almost like in the size dimensions of one of as one of a normal human, you know what I mean? Right. And this book is the first to really kind of be like, hell nah. Like there's a scene <laughs> like, yeah, there's a scene of her just walking off the elevator. Um, there's several key things that stuck out. Yeah, there's a scene of her when she's throwing the tiara, right? Yes. She's just letting the tiara do its thing inside the elevator, which is badass. And when she walks off, it's just her walking off without t the tiara. And she looks like a supermodel, like her legs are crossed and it's not sexual. It's just like she's walking as if a supermodel would walk down the runway with that confident thing that they teach supermodels to do the strut. Right. And she comes strutting off the elevator, but like she's missing her tiara in her top half. She looks all kinds. I mean, she looks still feminine. She still kind of has that like, you know, collarbone line and her arms are muscled, but not out of proportion. 
and she looks like a very strong athletic female athlete. But you can see just in the size relation, she's as big as the freaking elevator. Her head is on the the level of the elevator. And when she walks off and when she sits in um, Steele's desk is another picture I was looking at forever. How big she is in the chair compared to the desk, compared to like what he looks like probably sitting behind the desk. Like all of these things are visually for me redefining Wonder Woman and kind of subtly redefining and with King's writing about her knowing she has all this power, but you know how she chooses to address and kind of use power is the kind of whole key to that. I feel like a lot of this story and the subtext of this story is her politeness, her willingness to say like, yeah, I can beat your ass, but I really don't want to do that. Like I would <laughs> yeah. really like us to just work this out and, you know, do something. But if you need a reminder, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like one of the deadliest people in the known in the world. Like, you're not going to beat me. There's um, a, there's, yeah. And the writing in this, just hers keep like, you know, steel keep screaming this thing. I have an army. And it's supposed to be like, yeah. And it's this thing. And what's her thing. It's better to be polite. She was like, no, I feel good. I came to sit and talk. You know, that was always my preference. It's better to be polite, you know? Yeah. Like, no, it's, it's just, uh, there's and then a the line thing, that is perfect. That, that yeah. line that, um, uh, Mr. Sergeant Steele, I'm a tolerant woman, but not always a patient one. Patient, I like, yeah. I love that line for that reason. It's that same, like echoing that same set. That's a black mom line. That's a black mom <laughs> line for sure. Or or a Latin mom for, for I mean, yeah, let's meet in the middle here. Like, that's a black or Latin mom like line. It's definitely Caribbean, Caribbean mom line. Mm. Like, yeah, I am a tolerant woman, not always a patient one. You know? um, and you were saying uh, the thing? Yeah, like, and the whole thing, because it is, you know, it's a demeasuring contest whenever it's about drawing arms and things. And he's just going on and on. And she's like, yeah, dude, like I have an invisible jet. And like this thing makes the invisible jet look <laughs> crazy intimidating, right? Like that picture. And just again, the size relation, it's huge. Yeah. It's a jet. Instead of most things where like most comics, where it's this cute, whimsical, invisible little chariot, Wonder Woman flat. No, that's a jet, bro. It has got too many guns on it, and she can lay this whole place out. This thing could yeah. look like the end of True Lies. You know what I mean? Like, but that's not what Wonder Woman does. And this whole time that these guys have been flexing, she's just had the power, like, to just, you know, wipe a bound. She's just like, yeah, dude. Like, hey, here's a reminder. I got an invisible jet. I can blast you. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um. And so, like, yeah, it was just this was my favorite issue so far of the thing and that's just the wonder woman scenes it's not even like the larger framing of the sovereign telling the story right. trinity and all the stuff we get in which that, is so. also really good like the and and as king said right the backups he was taking over the backups and they were going to start being trinity centric or in that you know kind of in that world and um you know this is again she's not this is great i i adored this backup story i think it because it's so completely different in tone to the main story but like they they go together it's a full circle thing but i'm sorry like having her having having damien like have to take care of this little toddler like just you know echoes to my life right now right like that's that's where we are so we're in toddler yeah, exactly. right so it's it was you know i'm gonna be wonder robin and like the i don't want to eat it because it has crumbs 
and like all the little things of like them adventuring together. I'd read that book every month. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that book every month. Shout out to Tom King for being able to like, because people always say, you know, they can, he can get a little flack for like writing these very kind of, you know, intense, hard boiled, noir ish kind of things. But this book alone just shows the range that he could play with because, yeah, young super friend Trinity is, is, it's cute, it's adorable, and it's actually, like, like you said, it's relatable if you're a parent and it's funny. And it's also funny because, again, it, it's the context that this is like Wonder Woman's kid. So she's, so she's pretty powerful. She's not just like this average little girl. She's a little girl with like all the impulses of a, you know, of a goddess in like, or the powers of a goddess and impulses of a little girl. So imagine if Ember could like knock you through the wall when she was angry. Right? Oh my God. It's, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. I just, uh, I agree with you. The, the range is impressive. I, I, this is one of those series that every issue has been my favorite. Like it, it somehow keeps kind of raising that bar and, and I just go in hoping it meets it. Um, I have adored this and I, and I think, you know, since, um, you know, my, the last like Wonder Woman run that I just adored, um, you know, was, you know, Rucka. Uh, and I, mm. you know, and, and there have been great runs since as well, but like that, that was the last run that like really just like, I just could not get enough of that run. And, uh, this is right there with it. I've in three issues in. So I think that's just, you know, high praise. Um, and, and moving over to, well, I just got one before we move over. I know that yeah. was a perfect segue, and I'm sorry to ruin it. But uh, two <laughs> final thoughts, just two final thoughts. Um, I can't wait because King also teased us that we're getting Yara Flor. Yara yeah. Flor soon. And I can't wait to see how Laura, Yara fits into this version and into this book. That's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, can't wait for that. And the second thing was, oh man, I forgot the second thing. So you can move on now. I just slipped out of my door. <laughs> well, it, it was like a really important insight. It was, it was really good, but no, I, I just forgot it. So, well, if you think about it, pop, yeah. pop in. Cause, cause the thing about this is these two issues really go together in our, in our main topic. Anyway. Oh, it's that's just, it. Yes. Ah, there it is. Okay. Got it. Um, I was going to say, yeah. In seeing these last two issues, it's even wilder to me that they took that big swing with the first one. Like, right. Yeah, because that one, that was even a bigger risk and uh, people were kind of split. But after seeing these two issues, like, I'm just like, man, you guys were nuts. But, you know, <laughs> good to take a risk. And you really, I mean, and especially what you knew, you what you had cooking coming after, you know. Right. So that's, so that's yeah. good. And I second your Yara. I am so excited for her to mix in with this this group and um, excited to see how, just because of the the angle it's taken and the approach it's been a very you know diana focused um story so for for them to bring in another amazon in especially one with her personality i'm very excited about that um and you know it's a it is a family affair over in the superman books which is brings us to superman number eight the chained um there's a lot of you yeah. know moving pieces a, a lot of uh, characters kind of that have especially from the, if you read the annual and you read um, some of the like some of those things are really starting to kind of find their way into the main thread. And it's like some of that stuff starting to pay off. There's a lot of little lines here that I they they could almost be treated as throwaway lines, but really like there's some actually like big revelations here just yeah, in like in lot. passing. Yeah, like just in passing. Um, but we get a lot of the details about who the chained is. We start to see the the backstory a bit who created him uh shock to no one 
<laughs> it was it was Lex. Uh, yeah, thinning hair Lex is is the most maniacal Lex. Oh, I know, I know. And he even mentions that. I love that he mentions and stuff. Um, and we start to see like some of the like big revelations as far as the Superman family. Uh, there's a Connor thing that is like. Just oh, this issue, yeah. Listen, we're, we're talking about it, but we're here to talk spoilers. Let's get yeah, that's in. That's true. Yeah, because um, we got a lot to write about this issue. I mean, there's a lot to spin out of this issue and kind of delve into on the writing side. Uh, comicbook.com comics, we're going to be on this, but yeah, yeah there's a lot just I, from this book yeah. alone. I love what they're also doing with this. Is not only are they kind of delving into Superman and like Lex, and they're they're actually making me feel Metropolis as its own world mm -hmm. with its own kind of lore and history and secrets. They've kind of succeeded in making Metropolis have still be light in, in like the world of tomorrow, but have this dark underbelly of secrets that makes it almost Gotham-ish in the sense in like, you know, Gotham more yeah. so than just about any comic setting, right? Like, you know, Gotham city, because that's been so fleshed out as this world that Batman operates in. And I love that we're getting that for Metropolis, which can be sometimes so generic and like vanilla that you kind of like forget it. But no, this is like this story is really all about. So like this opening scene when we get like, you know, the guy behind Cadmus and Stryker and Lex together, like the three of them together. I was like, oh, you know, I know all those names. And that's like yeah. all pretty interesting lore about the secret history of Metropolis. And so, and the power players and, yeah. you know, quote, for better, for lack of better terms, and don't flame me DC fans, like their court of Al style kind of cabal of influencers and people who are running things. So, yeah. I mean, that just starting there alone was like super duper interesting. And what's great about that is that you can be a new reader and not get some of those connections and still get like a lot out of that. Like, you get the intended critical pieces of information. Like, you know, these people, you know, Lex creating you know, him Lex, and then yeah, these exactly. people took that tech. Like you can take that and run with it and and feel like you get a lot out of the issue. And then if you've been reading a while and they drop things like the Connor thing of like, oh, well, they use that tech to then roll up and clone, try and clone Superman. And that's how we got Connor. And that's why his powers are a, and I'm like, what? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> like, yeah, really? I'm going to be digging in because like, yeah, because way and that was my slow clap for i always give a slow clap when comic creators come back and retcon something that was silly as hell to begin with and they actually make it make sense in a yeah. compelling way and this is probably one of the most masterful like retcons of a stupid ass 90s thing right like the whole superboy having like coming out and being like i am superman but wait no i'm not and i use telekinesis and not superpower it was just like that was such a 90s thing they just wanted to out, make him different. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then you find out, uh, and then you find out he's part Lex and, and still you're like, but that doesn't explain the psychic stuff. Like, where does that all come into play? And so now this actually is a com compelling story that connects to the silly lore, but deepens it in an awesome way. Like, yeah, they stole it from Stryker's son that Lex created and gave him a watered down version. So it's like, yeah, Lex couldn't really create Superman. So he just made this like weird hybrid thing and so you know that's it, it again just when i read that i was just like i can't believe i care about superboy's tactile telekinesis <laughs> right <laughs> it was it was great and then they work it in they also work it um when they talk to um about farm and graft and farm and graft are um yeah having that discussion about them 
they slip in that yeah like you know that they've been messing with metallo they've been or sorry they've been messing with parasite they've been messing with livewire yeah but then they slip in yes and they're like oh (laughs) and she hasn't even she's debuted but like we still have so many questions about her but now we know that she's a you know what seems like anyway a former uh person that was meddled with by them or under their control like that adds a whole new layer to her and we haven't even gotten that full story so they just do so much seeding throughout the whole issue. And then it's just like, it's great action. Uh, you know, the having, again, having Lex work with what he knows. He's a genius. But at the time, you know, that was a, that was a while, that was a long time ago. Uh, and so, of course, the thing he worked in as a backdoor involved kryptonite. Right, yeah. Cause that's because <laughs> Superman's face is great. It's like, yeah, he's like, did. oh, he's like, you did. He's like, ah, oh. yeah. And so it's like, but it makes sense. That's of course Lex would do that. That's what Lex was at the time. Like he was, that was what he was all about. It was all in that that journey to try and you know take away what made Superman special and things like that. So it just comes full circle uh, in, in a way. And I'm also starting to feel like. We haven't gotten a ton of Sam's backstory, but they do a, a good job of like when Sam's talking to Superman after he's gotten that like downloaded history lesson and he's like, you didn't, you know, uh, he's talking to Lex and he's like, you didn't, you know, when he's asking, pleading for his daughter's life and he's like, well, you know, you didn't say that when I asked you for help sincerely at the time. And we still haven't seen that moment, but like when that moment hits, I'm sure we'll see it at some point in time. And that's going to make that hit all the worst, you know? So it's, uh, I, I couldn't, you know, say enough good things about Superman, but, but as an issue, it's great. But as a, what they've been doing all series long and how some of that stuff is really starting to pay off and we're starting to really get movement into those things. And we still have this larger Brainiac story that's still out there. The Zarnians, like there's still so much that's going to come, but like they're doing such a good job of balancing it all. So yeah. And there's so much they're doing right here. First of all, they make they balance comic book and like when we talked to Joshua Williamson and Jamal Campbell, go read that interview from way back because it was crazy. Um, but you know, they still make this every issue feel like an episode of the animated series or something. Yeah. Where there is this complete arc and a final battle and all this stuff. And, but it's still comic booking. We still get a cliffhanger ending. And what an ending to this one. Like those oh, lines geez. with Superman always dying and having to say the words, oh, he's like, oh, happy I did it. I saved Lex. Like, oh, man, like what an ending to that. Um, but yeah, like I said, they're still creating this lore to Metropolis and its history. And we still get these very comic booky fights like that are just well thought out, like Connor and... Superman pulling the chain together and slamming into a building when they fly away with him at super speed and things like that. Just epic stuff that I would love to see any of these. I would love to watch as an animated arc. Right. And the chain is a great villain. Like somebody who you is like graviton level power and same kind of tragic thing. Too powerful, got locked away, but compelling. Like you feel for this kid, you know, he's dangerous and you see the horrible things he can do to people. But you feel for him and like what they did to him. So and it's good stuff. And I love that they're doing the Spider-Man style thing, like where you have these two other villains who are out there that we don't, you know, Green Goblin in it. And they don't they're coming for Lex and they don't we don't rush them. We're not rushing them. 
they pop in, they do some stuff, but we don't know the full breadth of like what they can do. We know their potential to kind of make, you know, traditional bad villains even crazier and worse, like Parasite. But we don't know like what their main arsenal is and what happens when they when it comes down to like a direct, you know, conflict with them. And yeah. so I like that they're just letting this bubble. And like you said, all these other things are bubbling in the bar- background. feels like they've been reading Invincible or something. We got all this, uh, <laughs> got so much stuff bubbling and it could come back in any kind of ways. But uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, no complaints. The The whole DC Trinity is cooking right now. And these two books this week kind of really prove it. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, I I really could talk for this for another 10 minutes. But, um, you know, last, uh, you know, last kind of last sounding off here. I think this is com- combined with what's happening over in Batman. And Chip has had a really good run. Um, I just think if you're we, we give we're, we're so quick sometimes to like, you know, oh, my God, I wish one character was having a spotlight or I wish those books were being held up to the same things. I mean, we've had that discussion with like Marvel for a while. It always felt like the Avengers kind of overtook the Justice League for a long time. And for Captain America and Iron Man, like these icons were being promoted, held and shined on in a, in a much bigger way than like some of the, those DC icons have for a minute. And here it's just like, you know, kind of like that, uh, this most recent John Cena run, enjoy it. It's happening right now. Don't miss it. Enjoy it. And uh, you know, be be happy to be say that you were there uh, while it was happening. This is a this is a cool thing. Yeah, man. My only hope is I would love to see with all the juice they're getting out of these characters right now. It'd be awesome to see DC pull all three of them together for yeah. a, like a big crossover event. Just the three of them, just these three tops of their universes. Like these new kind of with all the stuff that's happened with Batman and Superman and all the changes they've been through in growth in these new books, just pull it together for some kind of awesome event. With it might be time to, I don't know, might, might be time to bring back Trinity. That series, uh, you know, definitely had its moments uh, as Francis Manipool at the time. And it just had those three characters and, and adventures and stuff. And especially yeah. right now with the justice yeah. league, like the Titans being in that role and they're not really being a justice league. Why not? I mean, if also, you're telling me, yeah. I'll tell to be able to enjoy Chip Zdarsky's Batman, Joshua Williamson's Superman, and now Tom King's Wonder Woman, like those styles of characters in a book together, I would eat that up with a spoon. Especially since you can flip it through time and do them and juxtapose it to this new kind of trinity in the future. Boom! Uh, yeah. Take our, take, our, uh, take our advice there. That's, DC uh, loves uh, some time. <laughs> DC loves some timelines, so we can, we can do that. That'd be dope. But, um, all right. Uh, Let's yeah. get to some uh, quick places. Did you have a chance to read uh, Immortal X-Men number 17? Yes. Yes, I did. We didn't get to talk I, X-Men I to nearly enough. Talk. Yeah, I had to go back and read the Jean Grey because I was like, what is happening in here? It was tripping <laughs> me out. Oh, I'm actually like on the... Uh, oh, uh, oh, I'm on a very climactic piece of the book, actually. Uh, literally, Xavier's on, the, on a ledge, so that's where I am. <laughs> so I don't know what's about to happen here. But no, it's uh, it was very good, and it was it was actually precisely because of the Jean Grey series you mentioned. Uh, I actually really I've never been like the biggest Jean Grey person. Like it just never have been over time. It's never really been my favorite X Men by far. But uh, I gotta say, I really enjoyed what they did with that series. And you know, it recently had its you know final issue or whatever that kind of wrapped things up, but also very much set the character on a very intriguing new path and. And we're kind of have a lot of questions still, but but the character felt complete 
after a while of, of being fresher. And I think that was one of the biggest reasons for the series. And so coming into this, that's actually what excited me most. I'm, I'm really intrigued by what they're doing with her as a character. And I think when they can make her and Cyclops and some other key X-Men characters uh, interesting, the, the X-Books are at their best. I think they're at their yeah. best when they have those. Um, yeah, agreed. Uh, and then I, I always love Jean Grey. No, I was going to say, I always love Jean Grey as a character, but I don't always love what they do with her. It's like Scarlet Witch for me. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, maybe that's maybe I should have said it that way. <laughs> <laughs> this is a better said. I don't mean to diss the the character because Jean Grey is great, and I there are some runs and some iterations of her that I really like. Um, I just yeah, it's it's always kind of hit and miss for me. But when they really find an interesting angle for her, I thought the Krakoa season of things did a lot of good work in that regard. I thought she's to me she's been the most interesting in the Krakoa era than she had been in a lot of other things. Um, and then speaking of Batman, uh, we're going to move to Batman Offworld, uh, number one, which uh, if you haven't checked it out, there is a full interview. Uh, we got to talk to Jason Aaron uh, all about the book and his upcoming Superman story as well, which will feature Bizarro. Uh, so that is uh, coming over in Action Comics. So you can check that out on the Comic Book Nation uh, YouTube page. And uh, I'm not sure if that one's on audio form, but I know it's on the YouTube page. Um, but this one takes Batman to a completely different place. This is very much, um, you know, he kind of pitched it as this is year one era Batman. And this is him realizing that, you know, he's doing all this work and he's trained as we saw in the night, you know, he's trained across the world and learn from all these people to take care of Gotham and to protect Gotham. But when you're when you're then challenged by extraterrestrial beings that none of that stuff necessarily like half of that stuff is thrown out the window and you're not ready for that kind of threat and so this is really him being put on that platform for the first time and trying to figure out how to be a batman to people who literally don't know what a batman is <laughs> don't know what a bat is uh it's it's interesting and, and it's a uh, it's a good issue because it it very much you're not used to seeing Batman like not off his game, but literally like his his weapons of choice and stuff just don't have an effect. It's 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 not that he's um, intimidated in any way. It's literally that like, you know, these people just shrug off batterings and they don't deal with, you know, his all his little big overpowered electrical gauntlets and things like that don't don't have the same effect. So it's really interesting seeing him on that platform in space, in the cosmos. And also they're doing a lot of stuff with um, the various like different species and stuff of the DCU cosmos. So it's cool how that's getting worked in because we are very much not in Gotham. Do you have a, do you read this one or not? I can't remember. No, no, I didn't. Um, it's it interesting. It's, it's not, yeah, it's not appeals. I mean, I might check it out. Um, and then we're going to move into, I'm just trying to figure out what I have there. Ah, Captain Marvel. Number two, woo, gave me. Um, I I'm very excited about this. This was when we talked about the first issue. This book had very much taken like if you were seeing the advertising for the Marvels, it was like, oh, okay, well, we're doing some of the you know moving in and out uh, of places that we're kind of taking some of that theme and we're using it here as well, tied to the Nega bands. And but it's and my worry was that it would feel too much like, oh, okay, this is literally like MCU Captain Marvel. Like we're gonna have that for the first arc, and it's gonna feel like a tie-in to the movie. 
and it's not going to feel like its own thing. And I was worried about that. And, and in the second issue that a lot of that gets taken care of, like, you know, it's kind of like, okay, like my, my mind gets put at ease because Yuna as a character is just not at all really what Kamala or Monica are. And the, the relationship that they have between the switching places, there's a lot of other things that are put in place that it's not like this constant frenetic switching thing. They can only, you know, there's certain boundaries to what they can do when they can switch for how long. And also the why of the mega bands and like how they're bringing in Carol's, the Captain Marvel history and things like that to deal with this is interesting. And so, and also I just, I, I, I love the, the artwork. I love the new costume and costume rules so much, but I think they're doing enough to like separate it from the movie. So it didn't feel like this kind of obvious, like, Oh, we're just moving. We're just doing the movie again. I didn't want that to happen. So I was, I was happy with that. Um, and then last but not least, of course, I'm going to talk about Power Rangers uh, because that's what I do. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 114, uh, Darkest Hour. They have continued to uh, really push the ball forward. And every issue, I feel like we're going to kind of turn the turn the corner, like things get worse. And it actually continues to surprise me. But the fact we brought in all these Rangers, Hyperforce is now like really a part of the story. And that's, it, that's amazing for me because everyone knows I love Hyperforce. Uh, so I, I'm really enjoying this a lot. I am, intri- I am intrigued to see when we do turn the corner because things can't, doesn't feel like things could get much worse, but they keep surprising me. So uh, that's our rapid fire reviews. Kofi, do you want to uh, touch on anything before we head out? No, I'm good. Sweet. Uh, you can check us out every week right here. Uh, we will be here on Wednesdays, new comic book day, Wednesdays, talking about all the comics. We'll be back next week. Until then, though, uh, have a wonderful Thanksgiving, everybody. And uh, catch us when we come back.